Hello, you're listening to a sermon provided by the First Presbyterian Church of Mayopac. We worship on Sundays at 10 a.m., and you can watch us live either on Facebook or YouTube. And if you're in the area, there's always a seat saved for you. We hope that this message encourages you to continue growing in humility and faith. Thanks for listening. Friends, our second reading this morning comes to us from the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 4, verses 12 to 23. Uh, If you'd like to follow along, um, it is on page 3 in the New Testament section of your pew Bible, or, uh, well, if you're here in person or at home, it'll also be up for you on the screen. So let us listen now to God's holy word and what it says to us this day. Now, when Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth and made his home in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, on the road by the sea across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to proclaim, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. As he walked by the sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, in the boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets. And he called to them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Have you ever thought about who you follow or what you follow? Perhaps it's a number of different things if you were to tally them up. Because we're constantly surrounded by messages that tell us to follow. Some of my favorite people I watch on that video site, uh, YouTube, they always tell you to click the, you know, the bell button for notifications and to click subscribe to follow. If, of course, as well, they don't want you to miss out or feel left out of whatever the latest trend is going to be. So we have social media and influencers who tell us to follow. Politicians and activists also tell us to follow. They tell us to follow and to believe in the vision they have for us, for what a vision of life together might look like. Schools, work, relationships, and again, a whole number of things tell us to follow. Tell us to follow if we want to find happiness and fulfillment. Today, we hear one more person who says, follow me. Today in our scripture, we are reminded that Jesus says, follow me. And we will discover that following Jesus 
requires a little more understatement than clicking the subscribe or follow button. It's more than casting a ballot or putting up lawn signs. Following Jesus, if we choose to follow, is a life-altering decision. In the ancient world, the act of following a teacher or a rabbi, a sage, spiritual mentor, guru, however you want to call them, it was a serious matter. The act of a rabbi or teacher training students, disciples, was an essential tenant or an essential part of what we find in not just our New Testament, our Christian texts, we find it throughout the course of Jewish texts as well. We often see students seeking out a teacher. And in the rare case, like we find this morning, a teacher, a rabbi who sought out students. Regardless, though, of how the students were chosen, there was an expectation that they would follow the rabbi's teachings, their interpretations, how they conducted themselves. And not only would they follow, but this decision to follow That was what set the course for their life. Everything else was secondary, and the calling was first and foremost. We see in a lot of Old Testament, well, we see in some Old Testament stories, and we even see in some uh, uh, older Jewish texts, cases where students, and you had a rabbi, and the rabbi gets to a point where they either deem you as someone who can be a disciple or they tell you, go home. Because perhaps you have a family you need to tend to, or you, I think you should be doing something else. We find that in our reading for today, we have a choice of whether or not we are going to follow. The disciples whom Jesus called, they chose to follow. They set down their nets to follow Christ. Even as we heard in the reading, some even jumped out of the boat and left their family members, probably wondering what the heck is going on. They left not just their boats, though. They didn't just leave a boat. They didn't just leave their nets. They left their livelihoods. They left the occupation that allowed them to buy food for their families. They left everything they knew to follow Jesus. That's not even touching on the fact that perhaps that most likely during this time, the fishermen of Galilee probably were contracted or overseen by the Roman Empire, making sure that the empire, of course, got the best fish in order to help grow their territory. So not only by leaving their nets did the disciples choose to follow Jesus, They chose to reject everything that the empire told them was important. And instead of being fishermen who in that time would have been seen as lower class, as poor, as people who just did a not ideal job, they would become fishermen of great value in Jesus' kingdom who would treat them with the value, with the worth they deserved. Jesus called out to them, saying, follow me. 
Jesus calls out to us and says, follow me. Will we follow? We find that answering the call to follow, again, there's so many things that vie for our attention that want us to follow it instead of Jesus. But we hear in our reading as well that answering the call to follow is just the beginning. Accepting the invitation marks the start of a whole pursuit, a whole new way of life. Jesus says, follow me, and he adds, follow me, and I'm going to show you what you need to do, what needs to get done to be fishers of people. It's not enough to say that we'll follow, because we need to put those words into action through our own spiritual discipleship. The image of Jesus calling these disciples to be fishers of people It's a reminder that the call to be disciples is twofold, one of choosing to follow and one of putting that call into action, to call out from the waters of the deep, which during that time, the waters would have been viewed as this chaotic force. So being fishers of people is a way for us to pull people out of the chaos, of the hurt, of the pain, of the things in this world that make life difficult, Jesus calls us to be fishers of people. And as Jesus calls us, pulls us out of the waters of the deep void, Jesus asks us as disciples to extend that call to others, to lift others out of chaos and into the light of God's love, into that community of God's love. Jesus tells us to be fishers of people, and we start that journey by committing ourselves to Jesus' teachings. You know, I think we find that we all have a different interpretation of what it means to follow. And some of us, that's because we have different spiritual gifts. One thing, though, that I'm never quite sure of when I hear from colleagues and from other church folk is when they start talking about, or in some cases complaining that there, is too many, that there are too many things that pull people away from church or from following Jesus. And the subtext to that is they don't see them in the pews on Sunday. So that's what they're really complaining about. And I get it. I get it. There's a lot of things that go on. It seems as though sports, yes, now are often scheduled on Sundays. Culturally, church is not as centric to family life. But that doesn't mean people who aren't in the pews on Sunday aren't following Jesus. In fact, I think it's more of a question we should turn around on ourselves as we reflect on how we are following Jesus. It's always easy to point a finger and lay blame as to why we aren't seeing growth or why we aren't seeing the same type of energy. But we have to also acknowledge that we have all a responsibility, not just in cultivating a sense of community, but to figure out how we are going to carry out the teachings of Christ, how we make them truly a part of our lives so that when we say that we will follow, 
those teachings come to life. Walking alongside Jesus, we understand that it is a lifelong journey. There's no easy way to cut ahead to the front of the class. There's no easy way to jump to the end of the journey. Because what we do as we embark on this journey of following Jesus is committing ourselves to Jesus who comes to disrupt the status quo. I hope that over the course of this year, we can continue to evaluate that spiritual journey we have embarked on so that we can reform, we can reuse what may be stagnant and make a way for something that creates excitement, that creates energy. But this vision for what it means to follow, not just as individuals and as a church, that vision isn't something that can be cast, as you've heard me say, it cannot be cast by a small group of people. And when I say a small group of people, I mean the five or so committed elders who are part of the session. It's not something that can be cast by the handful of deacons. It's not something that can be cast by myself. How we follow Jesus in our lives as a church, how we will choose to follow requires all of us. And if we aren't willing to make the necessary shifts in our faith and discipleship, how we approach those things, in the end, we're really just shortchanging our own spiritual journey. If we are willing and eager to go when Jesus says, follow me, and if we are willing to do the hard work of reassessing our time, our tools, our talents, we will have already taken the first significant step in allowing our hearts to truly follow, to take that first step in casting a new vision for what it means to be the church, to be people who have been created in the image of God people who have been uniquely and wonderfully made. This vision casting work, this work together, this work of being the hands and feet of Jesus and being people who seek out souls, that's a lot if you expect one person to do it. That is why we find Jesus calling not just one disciple, not even just 12 disciples, Jesus calls all those he comes across to follow him. Because it is in that group effort where we find not only our own hearts have the chance to grow, to dive deeper into a relationship with God, to yearn more deeply for what God wants for us, but it is also in that group effort where we will seek together what it means to be faithful stewardship. Uh, faithful stewards and disciples who fish for the sake of something more than the ordinary and mundane. You know, we cannot know what tomorrow brings. We don't know what tomorrow brings. We do not know if tomorrow's changes in our lives, in our ministry, in our faith, what impact what we do. Only God knows that. Only God knows that as the author of the book of life. All we know and all we can do is be faithful. 
All we know and all we can do is answer the call to follow Christ, who leads by example and calls us to throw down our nets, nets of the empire, nets of fame and fortune, nets of selfishness, of stubbornness and hate and fear, to throw down our nets and learn from the teacher, the rabbi of God's life way. Friends, as we reflect on what it means for us to follow, to answer the call to follow, let us consider if we can answer with enthusiasm. And let us consider how we might conduct our ministry knowing we are called to be fishers in God's kingdom. Amen. Thanks again for listening, and we will hold you in prayer as we head into a new week. If you'd like to learn more about our church and ministry, or if you'd like to learn how you can support us, you can visit our website at mayopacchurch.org. Until next week, God bless.